follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a very special friend of mine here, Barnett Bain. Barnett is an award-winning movie producer and director. Many of you have likely seen his movies, Oscar winner, uh, What Dreams May Come. Another one was an Emmy nominee, Homeless to Harvard. He's working on a movie with Eckhart Tolle right now called Milton's Secret. And most of you probably saw The Celestine Prophecy. You've been all over the place, Barnett. Welcome to Leading Conversations. I have been all over the place, but I'm happy to be here with you right now. <laughs> well, we are How are so you, Cheryl? Happy. I am great. I am great. I so appreciate you taking the time out of your life to come and speak with us and sit down and have a conversation this morning. Where are you today? I am in... Um... Uh, I look like I'm in a cloud. I'm looking out the window, and there's nothing but fog. Oh. Um, I know that about a mile up the hill, it's probably gorgeously blue skies, but I'm out here uh, on the beach in Malibu under a little white puff. Ah, so this is kind of a nice little cocoon for you. You know, it's kind of like being out of town. I'm looking out the window, and I feel like I could be in a snowstorm someplace, and it's kind of, I have an appealing change of place for somebody in Southern California. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Have you always lived in Southern California? I was raised in Northern Quebec, in a little, oh. in a little town called saint agathe de mont which is um, 65 miles north of Montreal in the Laurentians. Oh, wow. So when did you leave there? I left there... Well, I spent the first 16, almost 17 years of my life there. Mm. And then I left um, and went to college in Ottawa, the very, very big city from a town of 3,000, I can assure you, to 500,000 at the time. Uh, and I was there for two years of, um, mm-hmm. of college. I didn't do very well at college. I did very well at partying at college, but I didn't do. <laughs> and so I, um, I failed my first year at college, and I had to repeat it. And, oh. uh, and then I, I did the same thing the second year. And so with my tail between my legs, I went to England, and I was there for uh, five years. I think that's a good place to go for all failing college students. You know, um, I went there as um, 
I went there to um, deal with my shame and humiliation. Mm. Because, you know, socialized as, uh, as a young man, um, and quite a smart young man, uh, young men at that, uh, young men kind of put all their eggs in whatever, whatever basket sure. their strengths line up at. You know, sure, I, sure. My, my athlete friends, they had all their baskets in that. And uh, I was pretty smart, and I had all my eggs in that basket. I was so identified with it. So it was um, a shock to me. Yeah. So what uh, do you think a, that was about? I mean, this is a part of you I didn't know about. What, what, do, you, what do you think that was about, you know, the not um, succeeding in college? Well, now when I look back at it, um, I can see how... I can see how perfect it was, how it all kind mm-hmm. of, how it all lined up. Um, you know, as a young man, I did not have, I did not have uh, any insight into my own thinking, my own feeling, mm-hmm. my own decisions. They were all hand-me-down. I certainly didn't think so at the time. I thought that right. they were. I thought I was making them. But all of my values, uh, they were all the, they were all other people's thoughts and other people's mm. feelings and other people's desires, and primarily my parents, but um, to a degree also this small uh, community that I grew up in and my teachers, and it was a very very tiny community, so maybe it got a little more compacted. I think it happens to all of us, but it might be a little bit more of an intense experience in a very small community. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it is, it's interesting to hear you say this because my experience of you is brilliance. Um, understated brilliance because you don't go around spouting it, but I, I experience you as not only an intellectual, but deeply, intuitively brilliant and so present. And so, you know, it, 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 when you say it was perfect, of course it was perfect, um, it, you know, it makes me think, well, you know, maybe college just wasn't where you needed to express that brilliance. I think that's probably true. Uh, and at the same time, I would have melted down someplace. And so college was as good a place as mm. any to um, to uh, hold the hold the experience. It yeah. would have ha- it had to have happened. Uh, it was, and I think it has to happen in every life. Uh, it does not have to happen in such a messy way. <laughs> but I think it is important in every life that there comes a time when uh, youngsters. Um, they hit a wall. Yeah. You know, they fly as um, as young people. We fly um, like Icarus, and mm-hmm. we think that we we think that we are invincible yeah. and invulnerable, yeah. and we fly so close to the sun, and suddenly um, the wings melt off. Yeah. And we uh, hit the ground hard. And now it all happens to us in very different ways, but I do think it happens to every human alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hit the ground, and the spirit is punched out of us. Right. And thus begins uh, this uh, journey of finding out who we really are. 
certainly an opportunity. Unfortunately, not everybody, um, not everybody utilizes that journey to its fullest advantage, but everybody has the opportunity. So people begin to craft a life of their own. Yeah. yeah. And maybe they retain a lot of those values, but it becomes their own decision. So it would have had to happen someplace. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what this makes me think is how you you have that brilliance, you have that strong intellect, and yet the the path was alternative to what the norm, you know, what our society says is the norm. And I see this same pattern in the work you do now. You know, I mean, you've been in Hollywood, you've been um, in that whole scene for a long time, making movies that are highly successful, doing media projects that are highly successful, and doing them around topics and issues that are entertaining and meaningful at the same time, which is not always the way in Hollywood, you know, classic Hollywood, right? So in in some ways, you are, this is the same pattern, you think? I think that's absolutely true, and I really appreciate Cheryl being, um, I'm not surprised, uh, but I am um, very grateful to be seen that deeply by you. Um, I, I, I never take that for granted, um, particularly from my friends. Mm. So that is absolutely, it's absolutely true, and uh, that was very painful uh, to me for mm. very, very many years. It was not, uh, it was at the level of choice, but the, the parts of me, the aspects of me that were making that choice, um, they, sort of, they superseded the parts of me that really wanted a big hit and a mainstream yeah. following. Uh, and yet somehow I always seem to drift a left and right of the mainstream. Again, looking um, back on that with 2020 hindsight, I understand that had I allowed myself to become seduced with the um, mainstream idea of success that I was pursuing so vigorously for so many years from the time I was a child, mm-hmm. that I would have been um, sidetracked from what I call the big hunt. Mm-hmm. For me, the big hunt has to do with uh, understanding what well, some people have referred to it as... Um, the hero's journey. Yes. And I refer to it as the um, post-heroic journey. What happens after the hero's journey? What happens mm-hmm. after, um, after all has been conquered? After um, I have created worldly success or after I have overcome the setbacks <laughs> of my youth, after I've proven to my fourth grade teacher that he was wrong about me, all of those things, after mm-hmm. I finally... Yeah gotten uh, my caregivers to uh, to give me love and throw a ball in the front yard after I've overcome all of those things. We used to call that in its highest expression and its most beautiful expression, the American dream. Uh, after I, I, I overcome all of the, mm. all of the uh, adversities that uh, have piled up against me and I have met them, then what? <laughs> um, well, then comes... that? <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, I am in the I, I, I'm in the hunt for it for sure. Mm. I mean, uh, after the hero uh, has sufficiently gotten over himself or herself, then what? And for me, that um, has really been about discovering my uh, relationship to everything and everyone. That as a understanding from the inside out experiential living into and knowing that I am both separate and connected mm-hmm. to every um, human being, to every um, expression of life, um, in fact, to every broken chip of uh, rock and glass in the street, it is all somehow I have a relationship to it. And the pursuit of the discovery of that relationship defines my life today, and uh, it would be the best answer that I have uh, to that question, well, what comes after the hero's journey? Um, I think think this is a... I'm safe with you and your listeners. I'm safe enough to say that um, this is a spiritual question. Yeah, yeah. That's what comes after. Yeah. So, what what made you preface that with "It's safe to say this"? Well, I know you uh, very well. I know that there are no um, uh, shallow um, conversations on this program. I know that um, you are uh, very vulnerable uh, in how you share yourself with others. And so I expect that um, you've developed a listenership that is um, in harmony with that. And so I I feel very safe in in going to the edge with you. Mm. Isn't it interesting that even that is still... um, there's still judgment about that level of conversation in our society. In our Absolutely. It's, it continues to be marginalized. Yeah. It continues yeah. to be um, perceived as intellectually dubious somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. And, mm-hmm. and although uh, I'm not afraid of this conversation, I'm prepared to have it anywhere, Right. Um, but it is a much juicier conversation in, uh, inside uh, the safety of um, an open-hearted and an open-minded community. So it just allows mm-hmm. me to more fully bring it. Right, right. Mm, I love hearing you say that. I experience you this way each time I'm in front of you. And, you know, even if it's just a playful, hey, so good to see you, how are you, you know, before we get into, you know, what's real for you right now. Um, It's so genuine, and that happened really fast in my connection with you. And, you know, I, I sometimes say that the older I get, the less time I have to make friends. And so if we're going to be friends, we're going to know right away. That's fantastic. Um, you know, it's so rare you hear... It, it's, we were talking earlier about originality. 
um, innovation, and it is so rare that that you hear uh, a thought that has uh, that has no precedent. I have never heard that before, anything like it. And I'm so grateful to you for sharing it with me. I've already got it written down. I'll, I'll be <laughs> quoting you all over the place. That's fantastic. It, it, it reminds me. Um, I was with our mutual friend uh, Stuart Emery last night. Oh yeah. And he quoted, um, he asked me to write something for him, and I did. And uh, I, he wanted to know why it was taking so long. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to get it to be coherent. And he laughed, and he said, it, that reminded him of a quote from Oscar Wilde, who um, wrote a letter and apologized for the length of time it took to write the letter. He said, I didn't have enough for the length of the letter. He apologized for the length of the letter. He said, I'm so sorry for the length of this letter. I didn't have time to make it short. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, we, we want to be concise and succinct and Sometimes it's just not there, you know. It's not, but it, it yeah. is similar to what you're you're saying about um, recognizing in another person mm-hmm. uh, a mirror of your of your um, character and your principles and your values. You can recognize that very quickly, um, but it takes a very very long time to get to the point when you can recognize that. In yourself, it's it requires developing what I call uncommon senses. Ooh, I like that uncommon senses. Well, we have to go to a break, but when we come back, I want you to talk about uncommon senses. Super. We'll be right back after these words. Now you say, "I'm working with a pro." I love it. <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? 
Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. We are speaking this morning with Barnett Bain, very good friend of mine. Okay, Barnett, Uncommon Senses. What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. This is one of my favorite explorations. Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of writing and some teaching uh, around intuition. A lot lot of interest in intuition. And so um, it occurred that, well, we have intuition seems to me that it's a sense. Mm -hmm. And in the way that we have our common senses that calibrate our, our physical reality, sight, smell, taste, what's the other one, touch, um, hearing. They, are, there are these uncommon senses that are calibrators of our non-physical reality. Mm. And uh, they include um, um, voice, sometimes called, I think, charisma or presence, mm. or movement. Um, which is not the velocity of things or the geography of things, but more about the sense of movement. Uh, warmth. Uh, uh, well, for example, warmth, there's, there's the temperature of icebergs and bonfires, but there's also the emotional warmth of, um, of, of you, of my friends, of, of, mm-hmm. of strangers, mm-hmm. and there's also the absence of it where that we can experience relatively. Uh, as well, mm-hmm. in, in sometimes in extreme takers, for instance, or in bureaucrats sometimes, or in listening to um, talk show pundits, mm-hmm. you really get a sense that um, there is a, uh, an emotional disconnect. And so uh, I'm using warmth here as an uh, indicator of um, soulfulness. Warmth as as a, a modulator of of our experience of of soul, mm-hmm. and can we develop this sense? Um, I think we can. I think we can. So there's also, uh, as I said, movement. Uh, in addition to speed and change of position, there's the movement in the from the in the from the sense of flow, as in uh, how how. What touches one's heart and stirs one's passion? Um, the voice, uh, the charisma of somebody, that is not so much about their intensity and their wildness, as, as um, pop culture uses it, but I experience it more as an indication of the impact of somebody's presence. 
there's there's light uh, experienced as a kind of a radiance, as a emotional uh, levity, as a you know we recognize a spiritual brilliance in, in some people that reveals some kind of connection with just more than you know people are firing at more cylinders than than I am or or, or sometimes less. So um, there's substance is another one. Um, People, we say, you know, that's a substantial person, or this is, and to me, that is what, what really matters, what, what matters, um, not only in the physical sense as mm. stuff, but also in the sense of what matters emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Something has substance, and it has, when it is firing on more and more. So these... These are uncommon senses, they're unfamiliar, um, but it's becoming more and more clear um, as I attune to them that uh, they're very real, Mm. that I can trust them, Mm. and they tell me, uh, they give me more information, and that I am able to process more, I don't want to get heady about this, um, but that's a challenge for me, it's... I'm able to process more data, uh, more uh, information, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and have a uh, uh, and have a more insight in and uh, a deeper relationship with other people and with with other things that are going on in my world. I I am becoming more uh, sensible, sense able. I just have more chops. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that sense able. You know, as you were saying, substance and what matters, um, I thought, oh, my God, if I was a physicist, I could go into this conversation with you about matter and how, you know, matter, how does it exist, how how do do we exist as matter, and then how does that um, permeate into the... Uh, universe and into the the whole sense of the word and world and if all of us had a lot of substance wouldn't it make a difference in the way we showed up or society showed up or or the, you know the level we were playing at you know but I'm not a physicist so I can't really understand well I've had a conversation with physicists so I love that you said that I've, we've had those kinds of conversations and they're um you know, of course, it depends on the physicist. Um, if right. you get a if you get a real empiricist, then rocks are harder and water is wet. Right. Um, but I've also had the pleasure of talking with, um, you know, my uh, my metaphysicist meets yeah. their physicist, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's a love story. It's a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we need then more of that. We're not in. You know, then we it, it emerges. You know, physicists are pretty clear right now that at the smallest units of matter, things with these wonderful names like quarks and mm-hmm. right, these wonderful names, and um, there really is nothing there. No thing. Uh, if, you know, no things go from nowhere to now here. Um, <laughs> it, it's quite mysterious, but it, it's becoming more... Um, it's beginning to suggest that we don't so much exist in matter, um, but it's more likely that our experience of matter exists within us. Right, right, right. 
And there is no separation. Ain't no separation. That's right. Nope. 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 So, have you written about these uncommon senses? Because you should. Um, I haven't, but I, but I, but I am uh, because I have been uh, working with um, individuals and some organizations now in, in order to begin to uh, develop these. Um, this this develop intuition as a practice. It began out of my work mm-hmm. as a um, around creativity. Uh, all of this, um, you know, this, this label creativity, which has really been uh, as an umbrella uh, of a, that that, that is um, uh, that I've had sitting over all of my work and all of my life, all of my passions. Mm. Um, I realize now that that idea of creativity, um, you could swap out the word creativity and put in um, productivity, you can put in uh, innovation, you can put in spirituality, you can put in consciousness, Mm -hmm. you can talk about people uh, up-leveling their creative capacities uh, vis-a-vis their uh, performance in teams and in workplaces, and you can talk about it at the other end of the spectrum right. to uh, to um, how much responsibility and authority they want to take for the experience of every um, every aspect uh, in, the, mm-hmm. in the warp of weave of their lives. Mm-hmm. The, it covers the whole gamut. Right. And... Um, and I kind of flow back and forth through the whole conversation. I haven't quite put the whole thing um, together for myself. Mm. And, and I'm... Um, all that to say, uh, yes, I have. Uh, I have been speaking a lot about it, uh, and not so much writing about it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, will. Yeah, it's needed. It's needed in the world, you know? And uh, you just have a way of capturing the essence of a message that I think is very um, accessible to people. You know, even people who may not be grounded in the kind of work that you and I do a lot of, you know, the introspective work, the deep spiritual, um, helping people connect to themselves so that they can show up in the world in a significant way. You know, you have a way uh, of capturing the essence to make it accessible to others. It's It's a gift. I am uh, I'm really grateful for the gift, and I'm also grateful, um, as I said before, to to, uh, to be recognized, or, you know, that you recognize it and value it. Um, I'm really grateful for that, too. And I see, you know, there comes a point when, as you say, we have been, um, you and I and many of, many of the friends we share, um, we have spent um, a great part of our lives passionately um, pursuing these interests. And there comes a point when the personal process becomes um, the world process. Yes. You start to see the work you do on yourself 
begins, it shows up first in yourself, and then it shows up in um, startling ways, incredible synchronistic ways. You, it starts to show up in others and, and, yeah. and in the world. And then there comes a point, um, as I was, we were talking before, that post-heroic point where it's not simply a vanity. You begin to take some responsibility for it. This is not an unrelated event. I am not uh, separate, and my process um, is not separate from the world's process, and it has impact. Now, it's very easy to give that to, 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 um, to my vanity. Um, for the most part, I don't. Um, sometimes, it, you know, it's really easy to, to, get, to give it to your ego. Right, but but it's also uh, very easy to become diminutive and to um, back off and say, "Oh no, 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 no! I have nothing to do with that." Um, my um, my sense of peace or grace or expectation or willingness or desire um, has no impact. Maybe it has impact on who I'm sitting next to. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in the next room. Certainly not across the country. Certainly not. Certainly not in the quality of life on this planet. Um, and that's at this point um, another place for the ego to act up because it is just simply not true. Yeah. There is no thought, or you know, every thought and every feeling um, and every choice ripples out across eternity, and yeah. we have um, enormous impact. And some would say. Um, 100% responsibility for everything we experience as individuals in our lives. And I am one of those. So in the world that you um, float around in, that I'll just call Hollywood, Mm -hmm. there must be um, people who I would say are underground um, though very present in the traditional way, it seems, in Hollywood, you know, different actors, producers, etc., people who play big parts there, so to speak. And there must be some of them who are underground spiritualists, you know, people who feel like this, people who believe like this, but maybe don't project it so much, don't broadcast it um, in order to just kind of live the Hollywood life. Do you see that happening more and more? I do see it happening. Um, You know, you start to develop a certain kind of radar for it. Mm -hmm. um, There was a time when I didn't see it anywhere. Right. And now I see it it all over the place. It takes a certain level of uh, comfort and before we are able to turn our attentions and our intentions towards these matters. So, um, you know, I don't want anybody to um, misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting that a deeply committed spiritual life um, is reserved for people that have um, their basic, uh, you know, reserved for privileged uh, people, and that's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that, you know, if you look at even uh, the Maslowian hierarchy of needs, Mm. um, if I I am 
I need to, uh, if I, my stomach is empty and I don't have a roof, right. those are my priorities. But right. once those right. needs are met, my, my attentions are free to turn to other things. And so Hollywood is, by and large, um, a very affluent community. Sure. And uh, mostly um, um, people's needs are met um, very well. And um, you either continue to, to um, you know, voraciously um, try and fill a bottomless well of, of, um, of trying to fix things. If I just have this, I'll, th- I'll, I'll feel good enough. If I just, you know, I, I break down life into kind of three fundamental kind of stories. One is um, I am uh, not getting enough love. You know, those are infants um, who are screaming for more food, more attention, more burping. <laughs> then, there's, then we get to the next stage with uh, am, I, uh, am I good enough for love? And so that's all the things that I do for love without knowing I'm loved all along. I get degrees. I, I wear, you know, I lose the weight. I marry the girl. I... Um, I run the company, I, um, I, I build the hedge fund, and then there is finally, uh, I am good. Mm. And so, um, not everybody can get past the, um, am I good enough? Right. But um, you don't ever jump from, am I getting enough love, to I'm good. Mm. You know, I'm enough. It's, you, you don't jump to that. Right. So, um, however, there, so there are people in Hollywood who are now all over the world, not just in Hollywood, who are realizing they are enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then their uh, interests turn to uh, this kind of conversation, and, and it begins to become reflected in their work, whether it is um, on uh, Wall Street or, um, or uh, on the Paramount lot. It begins to become reflected. So as an example of that, um, lots of people who are listening to us um, have probably seen uh, the Dark Knight movie, the one with Heath Ledger playing the oh, Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I look at that. That is one of the most uh, dazzling uh, movies about spirituality and consciousness that I have ever seen in my lifetime. There is, a, you know, it's a movie that is... Uh, nominally about um, a Batman, and he is clearly not a hero in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ends up. He's. He. You know. He. He. The theme of Batman is: if you meet the world from behind a mask, it'll come back at you with violence. And he. He is a guy who. Uh, who believes that the. The. Ends justify the means, and at the end of the movie, he kind of whines and sulks off as a martyr. There is only one hero in the movie, and that guy has a scene for 20 seconds. And, uh, and he's the only, it's the only scene that is shot in glorious golden orange light. The rest of the movie is shot in black and um, shadow. And it's the guy who is uh, the criminal when they emptied all of the prisons and they had all of the worst dredges of humanity on this ferry boat and... and one of them had, they had the, um, a detonator to blow up Gotham City. And the, there was only one person there um, who stood up and he said, well, I 
have killed, and so I know what it is to take a life. And because I know what it is to take a life, I know who I am, and therefore I know what it is to save a life. I'm the only one here who knows myself sufficiently to make an empowered choice. And they're all, all, all these people are fighting about who's going to destroy Gotham City, and he takes the detonator and throws it into the water. Um, that action by one human being that knows what is beautiful and good and true in himself and also what is uh, vile, um, what is vile and, and animalistic. In the knowingness of that, he has the ability to make a choice that impacts every human being on the planet. And though they will never know his name, uh, there but for the grace of that uh, human, uh, we would not exist. And, I don't think that, you know, that that should show up in a mainstream Hollywood movie mm-hmm. is dazzling, uh, and that is not uh, an accident. So I have since paid very close attention to Christopher Nolan, who is the uh, genius director and writer of um, Batman films, as well as Memento and, uh, and, and um, Inception, and it's very clear that he is pursuing a post-heroic agenda for his life. So what was underground is showing itself in a bigger way. I think all over the world. Yeah. We have I think everywhere, everywhere I look. We have more to talk about with Barnett Bain when we come right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting. Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 
1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. We are speaking with the brilliant and profound Barnett Bain. Whew, Barnett, that last segment as you wrapped up talking about what's happening in the world more and more, it makes me feel, oh my God, so inspired, so hopeful for what is evolving, you know, who we are evolving into as species, as beings, as this collection of light, it it just, it makes my brain believe that everything is possible. Um, It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Everything is possible. Uh, The greatest wisdom I ever heard, I first heard uh, in the crib. Uh, And... um, my mother used to uh, tell me how she how she sang, uh, "Merrily, merrily, 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 like a dream." <laughs> um, she sang it all in my earliest years when I, I can remember being sung to sleep. Mm. And um, mm. so, okay. even in our not to say that my mother was uh, uh, for all of uh, for all of her. Um, I'm not going to claim that she was focused on these matters. Right. Uh, and yet, we carry them um, as seeds of possibility. Right. We carry them. We carry these energies as latent their frequencies. Right. And they are the stuff out of which every. Um, Experience in every story and narrative about it. Uh, uh, they're the stuff that these things are made of, because we are we are um, inherently beautiful and good and true, mm. and and our experience um, our experience of ourselves that is not that is the result of um, being separate from it, uh, of having had experiences that. Gave us, caused us to create certain decisions about life, and uh, that out of which were generated certain um, unvirtuous cycles of belief. And we um, crunch ourselves down into smaller and smaller uh, lives out of something that is infinitely creative. And what's happening now um, in the world? is we're beginning to see um, we, we've rounded the horn. We're, we're starting to kind of, we're starting to reintegrate. We're starting to go, come back into a, we're like reassembling. There's these cartoons, you know, these cartoons where they blow stuff up and yeah. the, like buildings and cars and things. Right. And they just, right. they just, and then you see them played in reverse where everything starts. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything comes back and suddenly sucks together like there's some gigantic um, black hole of vacuum cleaner that pulls every nut and bolt and every piece of splintered wood and steel and gets pulled back into a building or a car or something. Uh, I kind of feel that that's what's going on uh, in in reality now. And uh, on life on this planet, 
is like an explosion in reverse. That that's hopeful. <laughs> that is. The, well, you know, even what that even makes me think about. Um, I had a teacher once who was describing um, kind of the the experience of babies, and he said the first time that we experience love is actually through the experience of lack. The first time that we experience being cared for by a parent is actually the first time we look up from the crib and don't see the parent. And that is our first knowing And so Freud said, as a parent, you will always fail your children because that will be the first experience they have of you is when you're not there. Because when you are there as a baby, they don't know that there's something different. So they don't know to place a value on it, whether it's good or bad. They just know it is, and they feel whole. And so I, I remember, I will never forget this. It made such an impact on me. And as I heard you say earlier about going through the stories of life, you know, not getting enough love, am I good enough for love? So that first experience of lack is not getting what you were getting and then starting to move into the question, well, am I good enough to have that? You know, starting to doubt one's own being because we come in whole we come in with this sense of everything is perfect and it begins to be chipped away very very early and so to have to go through this whole process of life and and if we are fortunate enough to get to the place where we once again believe we are whole as is and we turn our attention to the world and help the world understand we all are whole as is, and we have choices to be that and to show up that way and to give that. That's what makes the world a better place. That is that moment of everything being rebuilt, you know, that huge, you know, kind of bringing back together what already was. Right? I love that. Well, when I hear that, like right now, every cell in my body uh, is fluttering like uh, like the like leaves on an aspen tree. I am so um, it thrills me when I hear uh, when I hear the highest uh, expression of wisdom that I can connect with. It just <laughs> thrills me. And so I, um, my hand is waving in the air. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and I, it's, I'm in ecstasy um, just listening to that. Oh. Well, you know, that's because we're both brilliant. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, you know, it, it both course, it is, and it is also because you are tap, no. you're, you're tapping into the brilliance. You are tapping into oh, yeah. the, um, the highest truth. Yeah. That I am able to recognize. Now, are there higher truths? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, uh, you know, you referred to um, moving into the question. Um, the que- there are various expressions of the question, but 
from the place of being unconsciously a part of something mm. uh, and then suddenly experiencing the separation from it, whether it's whether the avatar of that is mother mm. or or um, nipple or baby food yeah um, the desire the the desire is um, to to know the self. Where is the safety? Where is the love? The, the yeah. big question, they're all iterations of the question, who am I? Mm. And um, so it begins where, who am I? Well, I am safe when I have uh, that woman there standing um, with, uh, with the apron on. Sure. Or I am, <laughs> safe, I am safe when I have um, a nest egg. Locked away for the future, for my retirement. That is when I'm safe. Mm. And um, you know, we keep moving. Uh, we keep moving towards the checkered flag, and um, across each threshold, we realize, well, that didn't make me safe. Yeah. So who am I around the next lap? Um, mm. You know, we mm. we get to the next lap. Um, the the nest egg is not going to save me from a health issue, from a family issue, from a marriage issue. It's not going to save me from a character issue. It's not going to mm. save me from a personal value issue. It's not going to save me from what Dante used to call the dark wood. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, midway through your life's journey, you come to a place in the dark wood and the way is totally lost. It's not going to save you from those crossroads. Right. So um, you come to them, and then you say, well, what's the next thing? And the, ne- the next thing is, well, if I just had this, uh, it'll, it's that expression of some part of me that longs for safety and connection. And, and finally, you get to that post-heroic, post-wanting, you know, post, if I just had this to fix it. Yeah. You, you realize that's the rounding of the horn. That's the coming around the right. cage. And when we come around that horn, it's no longer just about fixing. It's now, it's no, it's no, it's about not running from to or fix something. It's now moving toward, um, moving toward a connection with, with love and ownership of love. This is who I am. I'm lovable, um, with or without my nest egg, with or without my mommy, with or without. What does that mean, and how can I express it? Right. What are all the ways that I can express it? So um, we begin to discover we are the answer to that question. And in that moment, the world begins to reflect it. Oh, wow. We could talk about this forever, at least another hour. However, <laughs> we've come to the end of the show. Oh. I know. It, it just goes by so fast. And thank you for having me so much. I love, love, love that you were here. Now, if people want to know more about you or want to connect with you, how can they do that? Um, www.barnettbain.com, B-A-R-N-E-T-B-A-I-N.com. Fabulous. It has been a privilege to have you here, Barnett. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cheryl, and uh, thank you all for listening. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito.
Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.